Welcome back to DC Cinematic Minute, the weekly podcast where we analyze Wonder Woman by each five-minute intervals. I don't know how else to say that. Uh, my name is Mark. It. You can, yeah, I almost had it. My name is Mark. You can find me on all social media at Mark Meadows. My name is Nathan. You can also find me on social media at No Clutch Nate. And I'm Johnny. You can find me anywhere um, at Austin Powers Minute. And I am John Parker. I have two podcasts, but most relevantly, I am part of the Bat Minute podcast, which does the same thing as this, but with the, uh, I was going to say the first four Batman movies, but (laughs) technically not the 60s one. We haven't done that. (laughs) Yeah, I was trying to, I was thinking about it, I think yesterday, I was thinking, what do you, what is that called? Like, do you say the original Batman movies or... How do you reference <laughs> all four of them? Because I know you could say that the Tim Burton ones, yeah. But then you're excluding the Schumacher ones, but they feel like they're they're part of the same universe. So it's like I don't know how you. What's the name for them? It's a tough one. We struggle with that all the time when we explain the show to people because the first thing they ask is, "Have you done the '60s one or have you done the Nolan ones?" It's like uh, no to both of those. <laughs> so, so we need to come up with a term. The 90s Batman movies, I guess, or something like that. But well, technically, the first one's 80s, though. Just, just the, ba- oh, the Batman. Oh, 89. Movies. Yeah. Batman. We do Batman. Hey, we do Batman. You don't need to. You don't need to put no spin on it. Hey, you tell them to, to listen to the show and find out. Like, they can they can go listen to the episode and they can judge for themselves what they want to call it. Exactly. Um, but that's awesome. I and I'm glad you do it. I'm glad you. You guys stuck through, you know, I think for a lot of people, they could just have done Batman and Batman Returns, but you guys are doing forever, and you guys are, I'm assuming you're planning to do Batman and Robin as well, just because you need an excuse to talk about Chris O'Donnell as Robin. Listen, I get it. (laughs) I would be doing the same thing. (laughs) Who doesn't want to talk about that? And to I be thought honest, you were just going to say the nipples. That was it. Oh, well. Hey. (laughs) I'll say it. You have my attention. (laughs) (laughs) That's the incentive to continue doing it. Um, But, yeah, absolutely. So, Nate and I as well, we've talked about Batman as well. Um, And that's how we started to kind of like, oh, you guys do a Batman Minute podcast. We also kind of do a Batman Minute podcast, or we did, uh, uh, like two years ago or something. Um, Batman was in Suicide Squad for a minute. Oh yeah, he was in that. Briefly, uh, Batman's <laughs> in this movie for a minute. Yeah, so um, we're just like now we're just like punching at clouds. Is uh, that a phrase? <laughs> punching at clouds. Yeah. I don't know. Reaching for the stars. Know. That's the one. Grasping at straws, I think was the term. I, I don't know how clouds. I, was, get. I think I was looking for the straws one, and I couldn't get it. Yeah, something about clouds and straws. It it all rolls together. Same ballpark. Um, but today, and this season of DC Cinematic Minute, we're talking about Wonder Woman. So it's a, it's a completely new um, perspective to look at as far as DC characters. And finally, there's a movie for us to talk about it. Um, and uh, there's something here in this minute that I thought you would like a lot, John, which is a good alley fight. Because um, yes. there's, uh, I think when Nate and I guessed it on Bat Minute in... For, I think we did we do it for all of them. I think the three appearances we have are all like alley. I think we've done it. I think we've done alley scenes. I think oh we're the God, alley. I didn't gang. even realize. <laughs> I think we're the alley gang. We did. You're the, the Backstreet Boys. No, that's ah. they're already a thing. 
<laughs> oh, that's perfect. That means we have to find an alley scene for you for next year. Yeah, I mean, exactly. I was kind of, I was kind of hoping for it. <laughs> Whether it's you want tradition. it or not. Yeah. Uh, it's a tradition that must live on. So we're going to be talking about minutes 51 through 55 of Wonder Woman today. Um, but before we get into it, John, what is, uh, what's your relationship like with Wonder Woman? How does that DC character, um, I don't know, like influence you or you love it? You, you oh, think wow. there's some criticisms with Wonder Woman or just all around in general? What are your opinions? Now, people who've listened to our show know... I approached Batman as a fan of the movies. I didn't read a lot of comics. I, I do now, <laughs> subsequently, through the show. Um, so I didn't know loads about Wonder Woman outside of the old film. <laughs> so I didn't know what to expect going into this at all. I had no idea. I was a bit skeptical of the trailers, and you know, people had been kind of down on some of the other movies surrounding it. <laughs> Yeah. So I, I actually I put off seeing it for a little while. I, I bought it on Amazon Digital. I didn't even go see it in the theaters. But when I did watch it, like it, it blew my mind. This is easily one of my favorite DC films. And I think it's one of my favorite superhero movies of you know the modern era, without a doubt. I could watch this a hundred times because it has everything I love in it. The war theme, for a start. I'm a historian at heart. That's what I do. <laughs> like, you know. I'm a, I spend my spare time doing a history degree because I'm a masochist who doesn't oh my waste enough of their time. Yeah, this is I have a, such a big smile on my face. <laughs> <laughs> so you know, work full time, do two podcasts, and a damn degree. It's ridiculous. Um, so this it appeals to me in every conceivable way, uh, and now I love the character. I've tried getting into some of the comics, and I enjoy them a lot. But I think this movie is my favorite representation of it. She's great. She's amazing. She's powerful. Um, I, I like that she's beautiful but strong, and they don't downplay either side of it. I think that's quite, yeah. a, quite a powerful message for people. Yeah, absolutely. We talked a little bit about it, I think, last week. Last week was the start of it, mm. talking about how this movie in, in the wrong hands could have went a very different direction, and we've seen what that looks like as we've seen uh, previous scripts of the <laughs> film where it's more of Steve Trevor being like, um, look, I can show you the world kind of thing, but in a, in a more um, mansplaining way, and so that it can seem a little bit more like, hey, Diana, you don't know what you're doing. This is how the world works. And, and where this film is more so like, Di Diana, I need you to fit in, and she's like, I'm not going to. <laughs> um, so it's, it's that kind of direction that just a little bit of a divert makes it a much better film because they're doing the right decisions in it yeah. um and so um today we're talking about um wonder woman where she starts off trying to go incognito here um and i believe this is we talked with it with naomi last week um but i believe it's the strand in london it's like supposed to be an older version of it. I don't know if that's what, familiar what? to you. The store? They, oh, we're back at the stores. Yeah, the department This isn't the store. Haverty's or... Not Haverty's. What's Haverty's? Haverty's. <laughs> oh, my God. Um, uh, what did she say? I can't remember what it was called. I was going to say, Nate, did you take notes on that? Yeah. Uh, I can't remember what it was. It was something with an H. I don't know. Harold's. 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 Harrods. 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 Oh, it's Harrods. Oh, we are, okay. We don't, I don't know. I'm it's a dumb. guess. We're dumb. We're dumb <laughs> over here. 
Harrods, if... Um, if it is that, I mean, it might not be because I thought that might be a bit newer, but that is a, that's a fancy shop. We that... were trying to, so let's, okay, no, this is, what, John, this is why I need you to <laughs> reel me in here on this, uh, in this week. Um, so like, I've been trying to do, you know, I'm trying to get history down <laughs> just by watching this movie and I'm trying to, you know, just osmosis it. Um, so like. A Harrods, Harrods, right? That's the shop. Here's that a, wouldn't be. Here's a, the I I have a concept art book here, and it has like this line in it. It says the location. Okay, so the location. We're eleven episodes in, and he just <laughs> now. <laughs> no, no, I brought, had had of, I brought it up. Uh, I brought it up. I brought it up last week, or I think so. Um, but it says the location. It doesn't mean that it is actually the store, but it says the location used for the depart- department store was the exhibition hall at Australia House. Of the Strand in London, I don't know what that is. <laughs> the Strand—that was a—that's a horror movie, isn't it? Mm-hmm. The Strand. <laughs> you got me, bud. Okay, so or in a horror an, show. In a nutshell, what's been happening is anytime that there's a geological or geological geographic location, not we can also in, do geological. Yeah. Hey, how many rocks are in this movie? Um, <laughs> you got any Nate, geodes? Nate decides to do like a a. Uh, a GPS like, moment, yeah, where he's like, like "I need to know where section. it is." Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> so I gotta know. I gotta know where these things are. Well, if it's the Strand, I mean, that I'm not from London, but um, that's quite a that's quite a fancy sort of posh area. It's near like Westminster, I think. You know, where they have like the the Parliament building and yeah. And see, stuff. that's where we were. Okay, that's so we, we were are. still in the same. We we're still in the same area, like with the Herods and all that stuff. Yeah, yeah, this is yeah. this is the same. Yeah, we were here. Yeah, we were right last week too. This is the same area. Nate, you just need to go to London. And do what? Walk around. <laughs> and just say, "Hey, I saw this in Wonder Woman." <laughs> <laughs> go on the Wonder Woman wow. tour. Yeah, <laughs> like there's, <laughs> it's just the one person that's just hanging out down at that shopping area. It's like, hey, well, this is the store that, uh, yeah, you want to go in there? Like, Abso- absolutely. Why not? I wouldn't say, yeah, I w- I, yeah. People go there for Harry Potter. Why oh, couldn't man. you go there for Wonder Woman? I was listening to someone recently. I can't remember who it was. And they were on that same path where they were like, we need to make more like uh, set to set whatever you call that thing, where it's like a bit like the Seinfeld apartment, like that kind of thing. Oh, like a backlot movie tour thing? The Christmas Story house. It's it's just like the house. They did the Simpsons house, you know? I go to the Simpsons house. You're saying people making it, or they're like putting signs and saying this is this area? No, like they like replicate like the set. What do you mean? This is news to you? (laughs) Yeah, you got me, but... (laughs) (laughs) I'd, oh boy! I'd be down for that. I'd pay any amount to go around, even if they were fake sets. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'd just be like, I, I did it. It was a fun afternoon. It was great. You know, imagine yeah. how much tourism Italy would have if they just made the mascara on one of their Italian beaches. Like that would be like. Mm. I'd buy I a, like I'd buy I'd a <laughs> summer home. I'm gonna be honest. I'm pretty with you. sure Italy doesn't need any help with tourism uh, with the help of Warner Brothers Pictures. <laughs> I'm pretty sure they're good on that end. Capitalism for you, baby. That's how it works. <laughs> um, so here we are um, with Diana trying on all these outfits, all these different ones, um, 226 to be exact, which <laughs> is a number I had to look up because these number things, they always get to me. 
And if I miss it, then someone's like, oh, did you know that this number is this? So to try and prevent that from happening, I try to look it up. Uh, I got two results. Um, 226 Wonder Woman 1942 series. That's when she fights Hephaestus, the fire god. Definitely not Ares, but it might be something that people can parallel and be like, oh, she's fighting a god in this story. Mm. She fights a god in this movie. There could be some relation with that. There's no relation to the outfit that she wears in two, uh, Wonder Woman 226. Um, but then the other interesting fact is her Funko Pop, like the Wonder Woman of this film. She has a Funko Pop, and the number ID on it is 226. So if you type in Wonder Woman 226, her Funko Pop shows up. Capitalism. Which might, Yay. for <laughs> Funko Pop people... That's probably a cool thing. I'm sure they love the number or something because it's. Rap- which which Funko Pop is it though? It's like is it, is I, is it like Funko Pop number two hundred and twenty six? Is the Wonder Woman in yes. this outfit? This blue hat? With no, the- no, 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 no. Oh. Which I was thinking it was going to be, but it's not. It's just the Wonder Woman of this movie. Oh, that like, would have been great if it was this outfit. That's yeah. what I thought. I was like, is there multiple Wonder Woman Funko Pops for this movie? There was multiple super. There was a lot of. Remember the? Yeah, I think on. there's a Wonder Woman like her training outfit. There was. So I'm pretty sure Dawn of Justice also had uh, all three, um, and they had like the regular Wonder Woman one, uh, which was like darker golds, darker uh, like reds and golds on her armor. Yeah, I think they um, do different ones for every every yeah. movie, just for. And I mean, Superman capitalism. had the multiple of them there was that we had that false god funko pop at the shop when that was when that was a new thing and people were losing their minds over that <laughs> there was i had a lot of funko pop uh traffic at that store that's <laughs> upsetting well speaking of her outfit not not in this scene just in general i'll just say this because you know it's my first appearance why does her outfit in this movie look so good right it's, on paper it should be stupid <laughs> it shouldn't look good in live action <laughs> But it looks amazing, and I don't know how they do it. This whole movie looks great, even though, it, you know, some shots, it's like, well, it's crazy CGI, but it looks good. It looks like a painting or something, and it's the same with the outfit. Is it the yeah. choice of colors, maybe, making it darker and more muted? Now, you're talking about, like, the actual material of her armor, or are we talking about, like, uh, it's practicality? Or this outfit right now. Or this this one? Me, I'm, I'm just talking about a general one, but... <laughs> Yeah, just like her actual Wonder Woman outfit. Like, even the horrible outfits that she wears in the last five minutes, like the, that purple number, well, that you get a glimpse of in the first minute of this <laughs> set. It's but just like, in general, like Wonder Woman armor. Yeah. But, I mean, like, she still looks good no matter how ugly it is. <laughs> I, that's, I think that's the thing. It's the advantage of being a beautiful model. <laughs> that's true. That's very true. <laughs> yeah, that's like, I mean, obviously that's playing towards it. But I think it also has to do with, I mean... It's it's a it's, it's, I think it's a style because um, it's not like uh you know it's 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 not like heavy Linda Carter or anything like that and it's mm. not like if you think about Wonder Woman you go to like uh what is that what is that thing uh, called with like <laughs> it's like it's I feel like this uh, Wonder Woman is more modern in a sense that it's uh it it plays off very easily when you think about like Amazonian battle armor mm. um, instead of it just being like, 
you know, a short skirt and a halter top or whatever, you know, that kind of thing. Or her just, you know, spinning around and then all of a sudden she's in star spangled short shorts and <laughs> oh thank yeah, god it's, she's it, not <laughs> yeah it's exactly so like it's it's like a little bit more modern but at the same time i think you were right with the darker colors um and just like the whole tone of it because it does add to it uh with like the filters that you know we do see when she is in combat and everything like that so I think it's I, th- I think you were right, but I think it's everything. There's there's yeah. just a lot that makes this look good, yeah. and I, they did it right. There's also um like normally with superheroes, and I notice this a lot with TV versions, but you can also tell with um some film versions of superheroes, um because Wonder Woman has a lot less um clothing around parts that bend, and mm-hmm. so you know like she doesn't have sleeves or anything. You don't see some of that movie making material where it's like, oh, you can see that rippling there, um, ah. like, and so there's a lot of things you don't. It's it's all very static, like it's on her and it seems like part of her, but it's not like when she turns that you're like, oh, look at that ripple there, like look at or yeah, you don't see like like that okay. kind of behind the scenes kind of stuff. Um, it's kind of the same thing when like Batman needs to turn his head or something, and you're like, ooh, that's that's kind of. That's really struggling to stay with him. <laughs> Something like yeah. that. And so, which is an issue they had with, um, or uh, an obstacle they tried to overcome with Batman in, um, obviously in the Dark Knight, they made a big deal about it in the movie. Oh, but yeah. also with Batman in Batman v Superman, they were like, we want a cow that like can turn with him. And he, you know, he doesn't. So it's like, it's like movie magic that, that, um, uh, Richard Cetron and Ben Affleck are able to like turn around and look around with it. I uh, guess like to me, it's almost like uh, Batman is who he is because of his outfit, mm-hmm. basically. And Wonder Woman would be Wonder Woman with or without her fa- fancy outfit. So it's really she is the weapon. Yeah, because so she does, of course, have multiple outfits throughout the movie, but she yeah. never loses her herself, so to speak. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And even if, like, so, like, if I'm even thinking about this movie, the beginning, when you, like, if you think about Diana in, like, training uh, gear or outfit or whatever, that does not diminish anything when you even look at her in the, in the Wonder Woman suit. Mm-hmm. Obviously, it's, like, more, you know, panached, flashy. It looks good. Um, but, like, you still, like, see her movement in that suit the same as she was training and flipping around and beating everybody's behinds on Themyscira mm-hmm. and you're right she is the weapon that's it I mean so there's a lot like, of uh, separation in her outfit that like um, like takes away from that so if there's you know whatever she's wearing it's just like it really looks like her and then um, I definitely think like um, what was I going to say um, I definitely think that there's there's this idea like of what the material should be made out of. And so because it's Wonder Woman of Themyscira, like some of the parts can be leather, but they're really are probably just rubber, but they have the same type of porous material. And so you tend to believe that more as leather and you don't need to think about it because if you saw, um, if you saw any other character or superhero with that kind of material, and you're expecting it to be like metal armor or anything like that, then you start to go like, well, that doesn't look 
like the material that it should be. But with Wonder Woman, it, you're you're thinking that looks like the material that like that looks like it protects her body and that it's made by whatever magical powers that may be. But like it really is, it stays true to like being handcrafted so that it looks handcrafted in the film. And you're like, well, yeah, that's what it would look like. So it's a lot more believable. And considering it's a superhero movie, it's oddly more realistic an outfit. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. She even pulls off this outfit in this uh, this first minute here, I think. I know they're making fun of her. Like, oh, how stupid an outfit for woman, Wonder Woman to wear. She can't fight in it. But I think she looks great. Yeah. Is it the, the one, one that she rips? Was the, the first one. The I like them all, to be honest. There's the purple one. Yeah, There's all I like kinds. them all. But... The one that she rips is my favorite outfit, besides the one that yeah. she wears out of the store. Yeah. The first one that she rips, the kind of like pencil skirt one. I love that one. That one <laughs> is... Um, like a military woman's uniform of that era so mm. they try to give her a military woman uniform um but it's like very tight right and it's like she can't move in it or anything um and that's what that one's supposed to represent it's like first of all women wearing uniforms was a like an upcoming thing like women weren't starting to wear uniforms yet mm. um they were still just wearing like posh fashion um and so they were like this is what they were starting to wear and obviously, it's just not, it's um, very constructing of how... Pencil <laughs> skirts are have a mobility issue, so... <laughs> <laughs> just a bit. <laughs> it's like it, it physically, but also like uh, politically, like demands... Constricting? That, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and that you can't move and it forces you to be like prudent is what I'm, I guess I'm saying. Yeah. It's like it forces a, like a prudent lifestyle. You have the um, you have the art of book, right? Or what? What do you have? Yeah, it's the Wonder Woman art of book. The same type of books that we've been using on the past uh, shows, right? Yeah, which um, I recommend to anyone doing any film anal- analysis podcast. Is to always find the art of book of your favorite movie because there's do they have anything? Is it, is it like heavily talked about with like these outfit changes and like Linda Hemming and all these things like right now? Yeah, for Linda Hemming's costume department, these scenes meant, uh, and then yada, yada, yada. There's a whole bunch of stuff in here. Uh, (laughs) I asked him about it, and he says, yada, yada, yada. What is this, an episode of Seinfeld? I didn't want to go ahead and start reading it, and it's like a little storybook, but like, yeah. Is that the uh, second Seinfeld joke that I made this episode? Yes. I don't think the first one was a joke. You were just saying that someone replicated their apartment because they really liked the show too much. Um, No, it was like, no, hang on. It was like ABC or something, or NBC that like did. It's like a construction thing. It's not someone replicating their apartment just because they like (laughs) Seinfeld. It's like a tourist thing. People go to it. You pay money. You get to see the Superman and the CDs and and the Kramer. And then you You stand by the counter. You give your best line read of "Man, these pretzels are making me thirsty." And then you leave. I I. Would not doubt that for one second. Go ahead, get out of your system, Nate. Give us your best line. Do it. No, I feel like it's, it's too it's <laughs> too much pressure now. Pretzels are making me thirsty. <laughs> it's too loud. So the quote here is: "Our job was to make her look almost silly, or as though she was deeply uncomfortable with the idea of what she had to wear in her world. No one's ever seen clothing like this. No one's ever seen a corset. No one. Wait, she wears a corset, right?" Not, not like a, not. Oh, like that's in a constri- the word I couldn't think of. Not like in a constricting way, in the way that you would wear it 
in this context. No one's ever worn button-up boots or hats, so she feels claustrophobic and dreadful. The scene eventually chose the scene that uh, the suit that they eventually chose is based on a real outfit from the period. It's a female army member suit. Before this, women had really been in uniforms, which she wears as an early prototype. It's an attempt at tailoring a, a uniform for a woman before they wore women's uniforms. Um, I feel like I said the same sentence over and over again. <laughs> Probably. It's okay. I want to call out uh, Michael Wilkinson was also the one in charge or, or also involved in um, like do like updating Wonder Woman's mm-hmm. outfit. So also uh, uh, rats off to you. Hemming also did stuff in Dark Knight. She did the she did this she did the next the next separation or whatever. I could turn my head. Well, I like the clothes here, right? Because it ties into the the period obviously very well. And this is a this is the start of the period I like in history. I like basically going from 1900 to 1990. That's like everything I enjoy right there. Uh, First World War, Second World War, Cold War, all of this great. And I like the little allusion to the fact that it's the sort of the era of the suffragettes and uh, and mm. trying to get the vote because you know she says we use our principles, and yeah. um, I thought that was great because I, I I love all of that. I'm fascinated by it, and my partner loves it. We've even got I even right now have my drink on a coaster that's a suffragette poster. <laughs> Aww, <laughs> you brought the right coffee mug to the right minutes. <laughs> that's perfect. Yeah, absolutely, and. Um, even throughout all this, like obviously, uh, Gal Gadot is um, like a model, and so the outfit she's wearing is great. We, we think they look great, even though she hates it, and like <laughs> she, even her reaction is a little bit like almost scary in a way, where she's like, "This thing is too tight." You're like, oh, "Okay, so now Wonder Woman's upset," and it's like it's one of those things where you're like, "Yeah, oh. but she's still got this constricting belt, but that gives her a very snatched waist, and I'm here for it." Yeah. <laughs> And uh, Hang on. you have Etta Candy there going like, uh, yeah, I believe you. It's choking <laughs> you. So like her performance throughout is one of those things where it's like she she um, she's an exponent of the scene, not just like a multiplier of like, oh, you know, Etta Candy will drop a quip here and there. And it's funny, but it's like it's her charm. It's it's Lucy Davis's charm to that character bringing um, kind of like, I guess you would say like an antithesis to like Wonder Woman being like figure of beauty and stuff and like etta candy is more so like you can be great without having to look like gal gadot is what i'm saying right like, yeah because how like, good is she in this like she's yeah. hilarious yeah because i think exactly. i'd only seen her before this i mean we know her over here as she's in our version of the office yes exactly. and i never liked her in that um i think because i found the two main characters in that in the uk one quite boring it's not is like it? the UK one. Okay. I feel like we're <laughs> like gonna have a conversation one. about that because I I enjoy the Office one. I when the I the UK one. Yeah, I at the time I was like, oh, there's only 14 episodes of this one, <laughs> and I enjoyed it. And me, oh, it's all I, good. Yeah, yeah. I didn't want to like I didn't commit to the the American one, even though like that one went on to be a huge success, and people still rewatch it to this day, which bothers me. Um, but like, <laughs> <laughs> like I enjoyed that one. And that's when I was like, oh, you know, there's Lucy Davis and there's, the, you know. Oh, she's she's become, like, so good because she's one of the best things going in Sabrina as well. Yes. Mm-hmm. Her storyline in Sabrina is just, like, so good. 
It is. I'm also surprised that show, because I had, like, I was excited that they were doing it, and then I was glad that it wasn't uh, Archer or whatever. What is it? Oh, Riverdale. 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 Yeah, see, I like Riverdale, but I acknowledge that it's terrible. Yes. That makes it's, sense. It's, it's teen trash TV that's like yes. a, a good uh, guilty pleasure. Well, they like swive, swan dive into it being what yeah, it is. But They're it's like, fine. we're going to commit. There's going to be like a fight club in prison. And Archie's it's gonna it's be in trash. It. They're all hot. It's fine. They're all hot. It bothers <laughs> me. Yeah. But uh, I like that she when she plays roles, it's in things I, other than like I haven't seen the UK version of Office, but like thinking about her recent roles that she's had it she's able to capture a wide age range of an audience yeah when she does things so it's like she's not just loved by like young people she's like my mom loves her my mom binge the one tv show that she like hardcore binges is sabrina every time it comes out yeah so knowing that even we love her and then my mom's like raving about her too it's she's just a very wholesome beloved person (laughs) i'm glad to hear that because to me of course she comes across like oh she's very 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 english and will that translate (laughs) yeah which but that's like i guess is that a different perspective for you guys over on that side like with with edda candy's personality or does that still come off as um lovable like you know it's not too much for you guys is it oh no no it is absolutely lovable yeah everybody i know thinks she's a great character great actress loves her in everything she's in now um it comes across very sincere it doesn't feel to me like she's acting it feels like she's just an actual person you're speaking to yeah absolutely you know and i think that is um that is lucy davis because they they wanted Etta Candy to be a little bit of a breaking the mold of what Etta Candy used to be, obviously. So that can be written and directed. Um, but like in the art of book, they talk about how Lucy Davis had to kind of say with like, she had to approve like exactly how lines were being delivered because Lucy Davis's job is to be a comedian for the character like yes you have to say the lines yes you have to just got to punch up you got yeah mm. so it's her job to be like this is how it should be to get the the joke to to hit so lucy davis's job is not just to say the lines but to be like this is how it should be done for the yeah. character to work and so mm-hmm. i think that's that's when we say okay she was perfectly casted because she doesn't she's not just it's not just lucy davis as Eddie candy it's Etta Candy is Lucy Davis. Yeah, that makes sense. And she knows what she's talking about, you know, from her background in in other things like The Office. But also her dad is a very famous comedian here. Really? Yeah. Her dad, he's called Jasper Carrot, which is a weird name. It's not his real name. Mm. He was huge. He's quite old now. I think he's like in his 70s. He was massive. When I was a kid, he was all over the TV. And it's it's her dad. And uh, people always seem to forget this, even over here, because <laughs> like, she hasn't got the same name. She doesn't really mention him. She doesn't use that to get a kind of leg up in the industry or anything. Well, it's kind of nice that she's like maybe inspired by him, but she doesn't like boast about it, which would yeah. I, I guess her personality, the way it comes across in real life doesn't. I don't feel like she would do that anyway, but <laughs> no, no, she's very genuine. isn't she? 
Yeah, it's it's always good to to be um, a popular celebrity without you know having to like the weight of being like, oh yeah, that's this person's daughter or this person's. Yeah, I think that that gets used a lot, especially with like Liv Tyler and Zoe mm. Kravitz. It's like always like you, you got to bring in the conversation of like, oh that you know that's this that in Lucy Davis is like, I'm glad we haven't heard that because that's like. We don't ever have, you know, she doesn't have to have that weight of being like, yeah, who cares if who their parents were? It's like yeah. what they do now that makes them successful. So, yeah, not everybody can be Ben Stiller. <laughs> um, <laughs> hey, I got to say something. I found the store. I know exactly what store it is. Oh, what is yeah. it? This is Selfridges. Oh, Selfridges. Selfridges. Yeah. From because I mean, it's and it and I found a website where they're like actually like talking about it and they like just like said the name of the store like it was nothing they were like yeah the first stop is Selfridges it's like when did that how am I supposed to know how am <laughs> how am I a layman supposed to know where well, they're at Does well we mentioned it last week we, I, there's a giant mural and as soon as they enter the store so I thought that maybe that you know was like was a giveaway but then we didn't we, I don't remember saying the word Selfridges yeah, I mentioned it, but I think Naomi was like, yeah, that's, you know, there was a poster for that movement. But I thought, then I started to think, oh, so it's just like a, a, a post, like a, a no, campaign she, poster. No, I guess the pronunciation was kind of off because you said it and then she interpreted it as suffragette. Suffragette. I thought suffragette. we were still, yeah. yeah, I thought we were still on the suffragette movement ah, uh, yeah. at that point, not selfridges. Uh and am even I more complicated. Am I an idiot? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I know I am, but am I doing it right now in this moment? This this store opened in 1909, so yeah, you know, Selfridges. Yeah, this is all happenstance that the this John and Naomi were both over from the back to back, basically from the UK, <laughs> and we're in UK. So thank you guys for for this is a happy accident, but thank you guys for being here for this moment to help us get through this part because if we had an american with us talking about this this would be a disaster we've already, <laughs> we've already been derailed um, it's um it's still a shop like you, it's um it's a chain but it's like a fancy chain mm. there's not many of them around and it's it's quite expensive even for normal items that you can get cheaper elsewhere it's like well this is selfridges so we're going to put an extra few pounds on the price <laughs> yeah just as we know way too much about that lifestyle here in America. <laughs> oh god. Um, they also say in this article that um Diana's like coat, the the one that she came uh from Themyscira on, um they also say that it's like it's like a mohair coat. And I'm like, "Whoa, Ooh. now hang on." Oh yeah. I know, right? I've got mohair uh, sweaters that I like cuz I, I like my 70s punk rock looks. I'm, yeah. I'm staring at one right now, but it's too hot yeah, to right? put it on. So it's <laughs> like, "Oh wow, that's a that's a cool little little nod." Mm. Um, this is this is what is this website fashionista.com oh boy 2017 06 Wonder Nate. Woman film that's mm. it Nate that's your website <laughs> uh, <laughs> there's a lot of stuff on here that I didn't know and I probably should have read this article last week yeah that's okay you, can you read live it and now. you learn yeah, you, uh, you can't prep for everything eh. I'm, I'm skimming I'm skimming it we're good <laughs> we're still good right. look up the spark notes um, so let's fast forward a bit. She, um, she finds outfit 226. Um, and like we said earlier, there's, there's three films that influence this movie, Indiana Jones, when it comes to action and Steve Trevor, um, Casablanca, when it comes to their relationship and like how the movie ends. 
And then obviously Superman the movie, um, the original Christopher Reeve movie is another influence to this. So if you're thinking, hey, this reminds you of Clark Kent from that, it, you're absolutely right. That's this, that's this moment. Because we got to add glasses. Yeah, this is Patty Jenkins being like, since this is Wonder Woman's first film, I wanted to, you know, kind of uh, pay homage to to Superman the movie, the first one that came out, and how he looked in that one. So she she puts on these glasses. I think they look great. I know it's a. I I think they're great. Um, I I know we there's some criticism for dolling up Diana, but I I think the I, I like the glasses. I, no, I think it's funny though because the whole point is they're trying to dress it down to make a fit in. And they can't. <laughs> like, yeah. Like, oh, put these glasses on. That'll disguise you. And it's like, no, no, it really doesn't. No. no. You look great. <laughs> Damn it. How dare you look great. <laughs> but I'm glad you said Indiana Jones, actually, for the action. Because, um, obviously, I haven't heard this season yet, uh, for obvious reasons. But um, when we were watching the movie again, because I hadn't seen it for, like, a year or so. Uh, so I was watching it again this morning, and that was something me and my partner were talking about. Every time there was a fight scene, especially with Chris Pine, we were like, this is like Indiana Jones. Yeah, exactly. Um, it was, <clears throat> sorry, excuse me, jeez. Um, yeah, it was like heavily based on Indiana Jones, especially the first uh, the first little, the little fight instance that we had was yeah. like directly, directly Indiana Jones. Oh, yeah. But people keep saying, oh, you should replace Harrison Ford with Chris Pratt and all this nonsense. What about him? What about Chris Pine? He's great oh. in this movie. He's serious and he's fun and funny at the same time. I would watch all of those Indiana Jones movies. <laughs> I, uh, I'm a bit, like, quickly oversaturated with, uh, with Chris Pratt. I know Chris Pratt was great in Parks he, and Rec. He is two, yeah. two, one of the Chris's that you're like, I'm good now. What's the yeah. other Chris I'm good now on? Uh, there's Chris Pine, Hemsworth. Chris Pine, Chris Hemsworth, Chris Pratt, and then uh, there's another uh, Slater. There's Christian Slater. I'm not. <laughs> I'm not sure. saturated on Chris Hemsworth though. I just think that Chris Hemsworth is being typecasted and allowing himself to be typecasted. Yeah. And I think because I feel like he's a little bit like John Boyega in the sense of like people are typecasting him and i don't think they want it but they want the money <laughs> money's nice money's nice yeah <laughs> get it and while you can you know exactly. exploit people <laughs> and i think they want to do other things and i hope that they do um because they're 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 great people and and people want to see the movies they pay off to see to see them in any movie um even if that film ends up being complete garbage uh, thor 2 um I, <laughs> I was I was talking about Pacific Rim. Uh, oh, for John Boyega. Yeah, and I then was, uh, Chris Hemsworth did that Men in Black International movie, which oh yeah, yeah, which looked uh, great in the trailer. I was like, this is this is the perfect movie for me. And then I heard such bad things, and I just never saw it. <laughs> yeah, I heard it just doesn't add up to anything. Like it just yeah just, yeah just a collection of things. But for what it's worth, Chris Pine is my favorite Chris, so it's fine. <laughs> Yeah, isn't he great in this? And it's a totally different character to what he plays in Star Trek, but he completely pulls it off. He looks old-fashioned. He looks like he should be in this time. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and he's like the the only American in this movie, so there is like a little bit of uh, like he's he's different from everyone else. I guess that's what like I I said this a lot, but like 
I'm going to continue saying it a lot, but mm-hmm. when he says, I am above average, and then yes, we laugh at it, but it's almost like that's the defining quality throughout any scene he's in is like, he's like, he has to be just above average and that, and that like elevates him to be humorous or just a little bit more charming or look a little mm. bit different, like in terms of what he's wearing versus what any other uh, male character is wearing. Like there's just a little bit something different that makes him stand out. And that's yeah. what adds up into being like, oh, we really like this character because he's, he's just different enough that he can be with Diana in any scene and we love him just as much. So Yeah, but it's never like annoying. Like he's mm-hmm. cool. He comes across as a really cool character. Like, oh, I want to be that guy. But yeah. it's never like too much where it's you know, overkill and you're like, Oh Jesus, get off the screen. You know, it's never like that at all. He's uh, endearing. Yeah. And I've never felt that about Steve Trevor in the comics. I've never felt <laughs> that I like read him and I'm like, that's cute. But like I've never yeah. been like, I love you as you mm-hmm. stand alone without Diana. Because um, normally he's like. G.I. Joe. Yeah, kind of very like military, yeah. military stuffy, here, like uh, closed mindedness. Very static here. Yeah, yeah. Which, and so, like, let's flip it to think about how, because most movies have it reversed. You have your, you have your male character, and then you have your, the woman interest. Because uh, most of films are just hetero by nature, which is god awful, <laughs> but it's it's what we deal with. Um, most of the time, it's a male or a female love interest, and those can be, I'm assuming, can be unattainable goals of what the woman love interest is like. And I think for most of it, it's like Bond girls, um, and then some <laughs> superheroes. Their their female interest. They can just be a little too perfect. With Steve Trevor, it's like, for I, I'm assuming for a guy, I can I'm not far off from being like him. I can be a little bit like he's a, just above average, yeah. you know. And it's he's not. It's not like he is, um, like, the perfect guy, you know. So it's like you can. It's attainable. Is I guess what I'm saying. Yeah. Um, no. Totally. Totally. He's a relatable kind of character, oh, an aspirational one, let's say. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Because um, he is learning a lot. And then, you know, in this, um, as we transition into the, into this next scene, um, we see that he is vulnerable, which adds to his, like, he's not perfect kind of guy. Um, so to transition into that, this is where we get this very humorous moment of her trying to go through this revolving door. But also uh, walking down the stairs with this sword and shield, which is just a great visual. Like she no looks matter- like a warrior going into battle in a in like traditional, yeah, English dress. I want to see a fight in that like properly. I know you get a little <laughs> bit in a minute, but I want it to go into war. In that. <laughs> yeah, I want to know. I, this is like, um, I think nowadays people do like casual cosplays and like things that are a little bit more uh, easier to to. Um, to accomplish as far as cosplaying it's so it'd be so easy to just to like have this great outfit and then the sword and shield and you're like this is it <laughs> this is it this is the, the cosplay and be like you're nailing it it's perfect <laughs> <laughs> so it's absolutely i i love the i just love the visual of her going down the stairs with it and then she's like i can do this <laughs> i can get through this revolving door and she's just like i'm gonna get ready um it's it's absolutely amazing um 
And um, I'm just, I guess I didn't realize how old revolving doors were. It didn't dawn on me until just now. I'm like, D- what? This revolving yeah, doors yeah, have had a long a history. While, I think. <laughs> and I guess I never, this is something I also noticed recently is that um, I, I never thought about them. I just walk through them and like, they're cool. And like, as a kid, maybe you do want to take a few rounds through the revolving door and just be like, <laughs> this is fun. I don't know why it's fun, but it's fun. But it's been recently that I've been like, oh, these are dangerous. Like, <laughs> I guess apparently people what? struggle with them. Why Why do you call? What? Because some people. And I'm t- not, hey, I'm, I'm intimidated by these doors. I'll, I'll be the one. I'm with you, Mark. I've Those just doors seen, are scary. I've seen too many videos of people getting wrecked by them. And I've just been like, what? well, I never even thought about how you could mess that up. But people do mess it up. And when they mess it up, you know, their foot gets like literally just like it's yeah like they'll just get like their ankle it's like getting a razor scooter to the ankle it's just like what kind of (laughs) oh yeah but it's much worse it's like that that ankle could bend buddy oh hey hey bend those ankles like see i'm a little kid at heart I love going through these things. I'm a, I, my, my girlfriend's always making fun of me because I'll just be like, can, can we go through that again? <laughs> yeah. I like the ones that they they make them now that they're automatic. Oh, and they're just constantly they just, spinning? They, they have a timer and they spin for you. You don't have to push them anymore, but they're like on a, I'm going to stop, let people out, then you get in, then I'm going to go. And I'm like, Oh, they scare me right. a bit. They do. They scare you. <laughs> yeah. They move too quickly, and uh, it puts a lot of pressure on me. I have anxiety (laughs) issues, you know. I got you. And that's what I'm saying. Like, now I'm starting to notice that people really struggle with it. Like, because the way that Diana is, like, preparing to go through this revolving door, people do that now. Yeah. People literally are, And uh, escalators, too. People stop. They go, I'm going to... I'm going to go now. It's like a video (laughs) game. Like, what are you doing? This isn't a dungeon. Like, just walk through it. (laughs) But, you Um, know... I feel that way, but like it's it's intimidating a little bit. Um, escalators, not so much. I just don't want to like. That's like a timing thing. It's more of like a, I have to, like just like catch it, kind of thing. Um, but like revolving doors, uh, I get scared because it's like you're in a small glass case for five seconds. Maybe a little bit less, um, but like, how do you how do you how do you keep like that pace? Like it keeps on going. Have you? I've, I've come up to a revolving door and like I've had to like like push it a little bit because it's like oh well it's it's not open fully so like come on let's get in there and then like that kind of throws off the whole movement. You're really just supposed to like just continue walking, right? It's just supposed to be a more uh, you know, I guess better use for uh, quick crowds, crowd control. It's like keep on, keep 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 the flow going. Yeah. Um, instead of like having to stop and push a door open and everything like that. But I think it, I don't know. I I, I think I'm the opposite of that. Like, <laughs> if revolving doors are are were made to make traffic flow faster in and out of buildings, I'm the opposite. <laughs> It seems like I'm am slower because of the revolving. Door. You stop and assess the door. <laughs> yeah, I didn't it's know. Like I got to I got to size this door up. Hang on. I didn't know everybody had such strong opinions about revolving. I think doors. people have hidden reservations about it, and I think it's what when the more you think about a revolving door and its function, I think it's more form than function in the sense that it's like, oh, it's a revolving. It door. It looks cool. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. yeah. 
but I don't think it makes anything better because I was trying to think like, would this be better nowadays with the pandemic? But then I'm thinking, man, people are still touching it. But I'm you're yeah, still in a small enclosed keeps, space. Keeps people yeah. separated, and then I'm like, does it make traffic better? It's like actually no, it doesn't because if one person gets hurt or they stop and think about it. Then they're holding up the revolving door line. <laughs> and then people are trying to get through. Like Diana. She bounced off and then there was like a little bit of a traffic jam. Yeah. So it's a very, I don't know. If you have opinions on revolving doors, <laughs> let us know on all social media. <laughs> DCEU Minute. Riveting um, conversation. Escalators I can do. We are talking about the important issues here. This yeah. is this is what needs to be settled. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Escalators, they're a convenience thing. They make things move faster. Unless someone stands still on it, in which case they're being a complete jerk. Um, but <laughs> they're convenience. I don't know about revolving doors. But uh, what I do know is that uh, we have an unexpected uh, guest to join, Diana, Chris, uh, Steve, and Etta Candy here. Um, this is a guy we saw last week, which uh, today's minute is when I fir- first saw him, and I thought that was weird. Why is that guy there? And then, but then last week we noticed him in other places, which was like, okay, it's really weird now, but also great planning. Um, we have this uh, German spy who starts following them, um, and I didn't look up his name. I totally forgot to do that. So that's on me. We'll call it later. Um, um, but yeah, so this Just brush over it. It's fine. Yeah, this German spy starts trailing Diana and Steve Trevor over to this uh, this alley. Um, and uh, let me see. My notes for this one is that this uh, this alley scene is an actual studio built set um, that they use like three uh, modeling to to come up with you know how the scene was going to work out. So it's kind of like a a, a long T shaped alleyway there's an intersection in this alley that they get to um and this is when we get to somewhat of a like if if you didn't catch the superman the movie homage before this is like the big one where you have um lois lane is i think she's being mugged or something and the mugger tries to then shoot i believe she tries to shoot or he shoots superman and superman like he falls down. He has to pretend he's hurt as Clark Kent. Um, but then later he's like, oh, I caught this bullet. Um, so that's where this scene is, is paying an homage to. Um, but we have Wonder Woman here uh, who deflects his bullet, which I, I, I like this, this deflection of this bullet because the first bullet she saw killed one of her sisters on, on Themyscira. Um, but... It's here that she's kind of like, from now on, no bullet is going to hurt anyone. Um, so I feel like as far as character growth, she's really learning something. Um, but I'll let you guys t- talk because I talked way too much. So, uh, John, what are, you, what are your thoughts about this scene here? Oh, I love this. As you mentioned at the start, I'm getting Batman vibes as well because all suspicious activity happens in an alleyway, <laughs> right? Cry alley. Here we are again. And um, I hadn't made that connection, though, that she saw a bullet, you know, kill someone. And from that point on, it's like, I will stop all of these things. And that's what she spends half of this movie doing is deflecting bullets. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. And she also um, she gets shot across the arm in 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 that beach battle. So it's kind of like she knows she can get hurt. She's not immune to it either. Um, 
and from then on, it's like the gauntlets are always in use. If there's a bullet flying, she's going to deflect it. She will not let a bullet hurt her or hurt anyone near to her. So um, it's a great thing to like kind of watch. I don't know if exactly it was intentional for them to be like, okay, every bullet from now on is is being deflected or she's going to protect mm. everyone from bullets. Um, but it's just something I've noticed ever since. Like the very first bullet that you see in the movie is shot in slow motion, which again, you said everything kind of looks like a painting, even though it might be CGI, which mm. uh, my defense for that, I think that was Naomi. She was like, it was a lot, there's a, a lot, lot of slow, slow motion in here. And <clears throat> it's a comic book movie. So you kind of have to have these comic book panels moments, you know, like something that like you're reading a comic book. If you took every slow motion in this movie, you could probably piece together like action scenes. Hell yeah. And in yeah. fact, let me just say as well, this is the only movie since like The Matrix where I think slow-mo hasn't felt like cheesy, tacky, corny. <laughs> yeah. I'm trying to think what else had slow motion where it's like... Cause every other Dude. time you see it, you're like, oh God, again. But this, it never felt that way. It felt justified and it kind of, you know, it shows how how she's deflecting the bullets. She can kind of see it coming she doesn't yeah. see in slow motion but it's to kind of illustrate that yeah she's like a fast in- individual um which i i think in uh in man of steel they don't slow-mo anything and you know kryptonians are fast very fast aliens um and so i guess that was like their thing of like oh what if we don't do in slow motion and you can see mm. just how fast they're moving I feel like that's an intimidation factor. and then instead you're like Okay, now Feyor is moving way too fast. I don't know what's <laughs> happening. Those soldiers are gone within an instant. Um, but it's still all choreographed. So you, so you know, like, if you go behind the scenes that Feyor is going, she, she is fighting five soldiers, and then they just were just like, okay, now we'll just speed it up to Kryptonian speed instead of doing the reverse where we go, we'll slow it down, and then you can actually see how fast she's moving. Um, with Wonder Woman here, it's like everything will be in slow motion so that you get it's it is the the words that they chose to do which is like power wonder grace you get to see those things through the slow motion because she's deflecting this bullet it looks gorgeous as she's doing it but it's also like yeah look how badass she is yeah is a is a bullet knocking her excuse me is a bullet knocking her glasses off or is she is that like a head turn it's just like a forceful head I, turn. I thought about that too when we were rewatching these minutes because it just happened so quickly. Yeah. Oh, that's a good question. I thought she just, yeah, they just came I think off. It's a, I think it's just a fa- face turn. Mm. Oh, imagine if it was a bullet. That'd be cool. Yeah. That's what I've like figured, but like I feel like if it was a bullet, that's like, that that's like a lot, it'd be a lot of bullets. You know what I mean? Like to like knock. Like your glasses. Well, if she was like deflecting <laughs> a bunch really of them glass. and she couldn't really get the trajectory down of where they were supposed to go after she deflected them, that's terrifying. Then, I don't even know. That's that's like, <laughs> oh man, that's a horror story in itself. But it's like she's still learning on how to how to handle modern weaponry. So that yeah. would make kind of sense because she's like, okay, I'm going to deflect all these because I know I need to, but then it kind of might get sloppy because this is really her first experience with like a serious gunfight. <laughs> so um, I, I say that knowing that there was guns on Themyscira, but that was just kind of like a, a shock moment for her to realize that these things existed. Now she's like, okay, I know they exist. I'm going to jump into the fray. We'll figure it out. 
maybe it's not perfect. I'm I'm learning. Um, and so it might have just like deflected and thrown her glasses off. You don't know. Yeah, I th- I guess if you're trying to be more metaphorical or like metaphoric with it is is you know the sense that the gloves are off like i got these glasses just gotta go they're they were there to hide my identity that's not the case anymore i need to be who i am and not what my outfit deems me to be so like you know if the glasses come off and they get stomped on that's you know that's not important what's important is making sure that steve is safe making sure that these men are unarmed and so i can interrogate them so I guess there is a, um, a statement that I guess Patty is trying to make saying, listen, who cares about these glasses? Um, you know, obviously, we, if, we're, if she's going to put on glasses to hide her identity, we can make it a little bit of an homage to Christopher Reeve. But more importantly, it's to show that they're trying to keep this woman uh, contained in, in, in the world that she's in now. And then she's like, no, I'm, I need to be who I am. Like mm. glasses are coming off. Gloves are coming off. I, yeah. I she's like rejecting I the box they're putting her mm-hmm. in it, it, not literally in the movie because the glasses have just come off but that's that's the message it's sending isn't it mm-hmm. yeah and i think if if the glasses had been hit by a bullet as well i think they would have shown that in slow motion like yeah. smashing to pieces I, yeah. I, so i'm going with they just fly off <laughs> yeah. yeah she also does this uh bullet deflection that kind of looks like the uh, rosie the riveter type pose you know, when she does like the... Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, Which is oh also... God. That would be a, a woman empowerment pose that yeah. would be great for I'm sure her. someone yeah. has already taken that image I, and made yeah. of Rosie there's, the Rip. I know there is Wonder Woman. There's a bombshell poster. Yeah, of her Rosie doing the that. Wonder, Wonder Woman the Riveter, I guess. Is yeah. Like, um, so there is that the one. outfit, by the way. But <laughs> yeah. Uh, the By the way, the bombshell... We, we could have a whole other podcast about John- that. You should read those if you haven't yet. Oh yeah, that would probably because be they're more. they're history ish too. Oh, see, I haven't. I've seen a lot of the artwork from them, but I haven't yeah. read them. We actually the have books are pretty good. Mm. Nate has the Supergirl one. We have all the Gotham ones. We have the Catwoman and mm-hmm. the Tana, Black Canary, and Batgirl. The bombshell posters. But they have like a if uh, if some of the super women were maybe aligned with a different side that you probably didn't mm-hmm. think they could be yeah. so everything is a cool. is a pinup poster from that era and that's how they started i think i think they all started as like dc was like we're gonna do a bombshell pinup girl poster line or something or right that's yeah. how i saw them first yeah yeah, yeah. and but then their story is pretty they good. went they exploded it was like one of dc's like most successful things obviously um mm-hmm. and so like they went ahead and they did a, a whole run with um was it Barbara and Barbara? It was like a artist and writer. They're both names yeah. were Barbara. Um, and I have they, one. I have the first volume over here somewhere. They did the. They did like a whole run, and they they actually ended it like the way that the the team wanted to. They were like, we started this. This is how we want it to end. And so like, there's a the whole bomb sh- DC bombshells like is a completed story that you can. Really oh, pick up that's on. refreshing in this day yeah. and age. They actually yeah. let them end it on their own terms. Exactly. Yeah. Like they didn't, they didn't run into the ground of being like bombshell everything. Um, but yeah, it's a, it's a great story. Uh, great. Uh, if you're going to try and get into DC comics for anyone, um, you can always start with that. It's a good one. Um, well, her deflecting the bullets as well. Before I saw the movie, I thought, Oh, she's going to have those. And it's going to look stupid because they're trying to make it more realistic and whatnot. But it doesn't at all. It doesn't ruin my suspension of disbelief 
they're badass. I love these mm-hmm. uh, bang. What, what we call them? Like bangles. I don't know. Gauntlets. Gauntlets. Yeah. Somehow they work though. Like it really does work. Like pretty much everything in the movie, and it feels in a good way. Let me say this up front. Uh, like a video game fight scene. And I don't mean that as a diss. Like, a lot of movies, that would be an insult. Um, so watching this, it just made me think, like, oh, I really want the people who do Batman Arkham Asylum to make a Wonder Woman title. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Or, or, or the people who do God of War. That oh, my fit. God. That's the big, yeah. A lot of people... I feel like we've talked about that. We do talk about it a lot. That would be my dream, is and if they made a, uh, like a God of War Wonder Woman thing. Because yeah. you know exactly. I love that franchise so much. Yeah, so. when... Um, when the, the the newest God of War came out, that was a conversation a lot of people were having is that mm. because it is a god fighting other gods and there's an adventure there, you can really do that about uh, Wonder Woman. And there's a lot of Batman Spider-Man games out there, which are all great, but yeah. it is Batman and Spider-Man all the time. And we, we're always trying to think like, oh, what other superheroes can we do? I mean, they've tried Iron Man. They've tried, they tried Superman. They tried um, Incredible Hulk even. Get a kite man, hell yeah, game. <laughs> I want a squirrel girl game. Aww. So, um, um, by the way, Nate, you said kite man. I'm so, hell yeah. I'm so upset you're not watching Harley Quinn right now. Oh my God, please. It's absolutely. Um, I feel like I saw a clip of him. Does he, does kite he man do the is, hell yeah? He does yeah. do the hell kite yeah. Kite man is it's all like up in that. To, it's, it's one word. It's kite man, hell yeah. Kite man, you hell yeah. I have to say there is no... <laughs> If ands or buts. I think he actually says literally kite man hell yeah. He says it. it's that's what it is. It's kite man hell yeah. Because Tom Taylor even was like, or, yeah. he was like hell yeah. <laughs> you I gotta you it. gotta watch it. It's good. Um, um, hang on. So like this gauntlet uh, blocking gauntlet blockage. Where's the gauntlet pen? blockage? Um, so the gauntlet blockage that's happening right now. I think it. Um, like John, you were saying it. It 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 could have gone horribly wrong yeah uh and we've seen it gone horribly wrong but i think one of the things that also plays to it um maybe it fits into that video game-esque uh scene that you were saying but this top-down view of her Mm. uh deflecting the bullets like it seems i don't know what it is but i think i feel like my mind is telling me that she's throwing punches but i have to correct it and say like no she's just like blocking and like her where she's putting her hands is kind of like, uh, like directional. It's supposed to be like, yeah. block that bullet, block that bullet. It's not throw punch here, throw punch there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the choreography is really good, and um, I know we we saw um, Batman fight in that warehouse scene in Dawn of Justice, and that w- that too was like it's very uh, video game influenced, but it's it's in the good way where you're like, now I want to go home and play that video game. <laughs> yeah. With Batman, you can. With Wonder Woman, you cannot. You can, there's no Wonder Woman video game. Um, we demand one. Yeah. Yes. And so it is time, I think, that we have one. Um, I, there's plenty of God of War games. Um, and, the, and, you know, in his original trilogy, you can go fight Greek mythology stuff. D- you just got to steal from that. Hell Put yeah. Wonder Woman in there. Give her the whole RPG system that God of War has, where you can change like how you use your weapons, or you know. Well, I just your like that it's it's cinematic, and that's what she needs. Mm-hmm. It's not just like a mission, mini mission, cool, hundred percent complete. God of War is let's tell, let's spin a tale, and there's a lot of rich yeah. mythology like woven into it. That's why I enjoy it so much. Yeah. Um, yeah. I've noticed. Um, go for it. 
Uh, there's. I was gonna go back to this fight sequence. I'm still on. No, I'm still talking it. about Wonder Woman. <laughs> there's a really funny moment to the guy that's already like the far left. That's like uh, the the John Krasinski looking guy with glasses. <laughs> um, he like so like in the top down uh view of Wonder Woman blocking the bullets from the three gunmen that are in front of her and then the guy that's behind her that's shooting at her he shoots uh twice at her and she's obviously blocks him um but after she turns around she kicks him or no she kicks one guy and then like it goes to the top down and it shows him again and he's a little bit further behind her his gun does fire and she does block but like after he fires one bullet he does this like very weird stance and it it does look like a uh, stunt double getting ready to take a kick to the face kind of thing. It's like you know they kind of like do like this. Uh, it's it's like they they like snap. You know what I mean? It's like they have to hit the mark, and then when they hit that mark, they snap. So it's like a it's like a one two kind of thing. Um, and he does that right there, and it looks like he's dancing. <laughs> <laughs> do you yeah. not see his legs like kick out from him and he's like man he he's he looks like he's dancing bam bam and like he brings his arm back out to like raise the gun up and it just i don't know I it's see. very funny because i i think the bullets have to be bouncing back right it's not like i was thinking that but i uh don't think they're ricocheting i since like i don't know because like steve like caught that one mm-hmm. and it didn't like you know extremely good bounce away it kind of just like hit stopping power and fell directly where it was supposed to hit so i i think these bullets are just falling to the ground i mean i I guess if i had a friend who was also shooting at the same person but shooting towards me i would also have to be wary of that because yeah my friend could actually just end up shooting me which would be a very bad scenario um, I can't see that working out for me. So maybe I shoot at the at the at the woman, but then I also have to like watch the bullet for myself. I don't know. It's a very weird. Are you speaking from the gunman's point of view? Yes, I'm speaking from the gunman's okay. point of view. I don't know who else's point of view I'm speaking from. I uh, thought you were speaking from like Wonder Woman's point of like blocking the bullets and. Well, no, I like I was thinking like redirecting the bullets, but that's just wild. I mean, I guess she could if she wanted to, but she's not that kind yeah. of person. <laughs> but I think um, maybe the uh, Hephaestus gauntlets or whatever have like some sort of... Uh, Didn't we talk about storing kinetic energy? That's exactly what we talked about. I think about. that's mm-hmm. exactly what's happening with her gauntlet. Yeah. Is that it's collecting the kinetic energy and it's storing it in those gauntlets. Um, what's the Black the Black Panther did that? Oh, the suit. Yeah. yeah. Uh, the vibranium. Shitty's suit that she made him. Ooh. I never thought about a gauntlet doing that. That's amazing. That makes a lot more sense. Well, yeah, yeah. we don't know how that is. Because then she has the, 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 the big, whatever that is, boom. You know, she claps him the together. The big bang. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, I love that because it's such a simple thing that you just add a little effect to and it, it has an impact. It's not over the top CGI or anything. You can just, just clap them together, make like a little weight, a shockwave, boom. Yeah. <laughs> and like that, like. That idea of like that, just like uh, have, having like the kinetic energy stored kind of thing, is like you can. It's so universal. You can make that do anything. It's yeah. Like, oh man. But I guess That's in terms such a of cool like thing. what you're saying, John, it's like you 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 say it's like simplistic, but it doesn't take away from the wow factor. I feel like that's Wonder Woman. Yeah. yeah. She's like so everything that she's doing is 
pretty simple like sword fighting shields literal fist fighting like all of it's like just fundamentals of different types of fighting yeah, and it doesn't the, have to be gadgety or I have laser eyes or like whatever. <laughs> the wildest thing she does is perfectly acceptable to me. It's just the, the big jumps she can do. Mm-hmm. And that's fine. You're like, well, okay, yeah, whatever. <laughs> and then when she's like at the at the end of the movie, when she gets like, like super juiced up, like she gets mad or whatever. Mm. Like I even believe that. I'm like, yeah, you're a demigod, whatever, go off. Like yeah. <laughs> it's, it's earned that. It hasn't yeah. just thrown it at you every five seconds. Yeah. Yeah. And then... Um, you can also see the, you know, absorbing the energy, using it against her enemies and stuff like that. You can kind of see that like a Jedi would with with a lightsaber being like, I'm not killing you. I'm just giving back what you gave to me in like a de- defensive way. Um, so in a way, you can justify that as far as your heroes. Are go. you describing a parry? Is that what you're doing? Yes. I'm describing a parry, but I'm describing why the parry <laughs> is used instead of just killing the opponent. <laughs> you know? Let's, let's get into sword fight no, no, tactics. No, but what, why and when to use a parry? <laughs> well, yes. I did do fencing for a little while. Really? That's awesome. Yeah, not very long, uh, and I was terrible at it. Because every time I would try and parry someone's sword, it would hit me in like the inside of my elbow Ooh. and uh, catch me in such a way that I would actually get cut open. <laughs> so, Damn. like, so with a fencing parry, is it like if I'm if I'm if I'm out with my you know hand and, and sword out, is it yeah. more of like a uh, an inward circle to like dip it out kind of thing, like a well, fan fan away? Well, there's two you can do. Yeah, you can go inward, you can go outward. It depends what your follow-up move's going to be. I mean, the basic uh, yeah. one is to sort of scoop up their sword and push it out and down. And then you can lunge in and stab them. And uh, I was always encouraged, I'll stab them in the foot because there's no pad in there. <laughs> <laughs> oh, rough. Yeah, yeah, and you can flick the sword. It bends as well. You can flick it and hit them on the back of the head. <laughs> that would be fun. Like, you can, like, you, can, you can use two hands and bend the your own sword and like whack like no, it just it just bends. well you could do that in theory but it just bends anyway they're not like sturdy they're kind of floppy i guess like yeah you can flick them yeah it's very strange but they're not sharp or anything but it's just the way i got hit in the elbow once cut me open so then every time i went back it would happen again because now i had a cut there so it would just keep getting cut open i was bleeding all over oh my the jacket God. It's like uh, it's like when you bite the inside of your mouth and you just keep doing it. Like, why does it keep? Yes. Oh my god! Yeah. Yeah. Like when will I learn? <laughs> it's painful. Um, but yeah, I was speaking more so just ethically why we choose our characters to parry instead of um, instead of actually just deliberately killing their opponents. I'm gonna. Uh, I want to hop off that for a second. Like I. W- you want to hop? You want to yeah, continue yeah, that hop, conversation? Yes. Hop off. Well, you getting like, on? You getting off? Whatever. We're gonna talk about it. So in. <laughs> In this five minutes, we mentioned that Etta Candy says we fight women fight with their principles and occasionally uh, fisticuffs, right? <laughs> so if you're saying that the occasion arise. you have your heroes choose <laughs> when to parry, when to kill, those sorts of things. Yeah. Um, Wonder Woman is choosing her principles here <laughs> to protect Steve herself. And to continue her mission, but knowing that she's not a huge fan of guns <laughs> yeah, um, mm-hmm. and bullets in general, um, she wants to deflect and protect, right? 
and then literal fisticuffs. So she's taking Etta Candy's saying and putting it into practice, which I think is really fun that it's almost immediate. It's not like a you get what 30 minutes further into the movie and you're like oh i remember i said that it's like no she said it let's do it right now yeah and i love that also they don't draw attention to it though because you could have a scene afterwards where they talk to each other it's like oh yeah you you listen to my words or (laughs) they're stupid yeah instead they give edda the sword i don't even think so (laughs) yeah they i don't even think they um they use that line in the trailer but that could be something that you you string a, tr- a trailer to with that that exact phrase. You know, we have our principles, yeah. but we can use our. Uh, we are used to no, a bit just, of physical should the occasion arise, and then you cut. That's to, the only part they used. Yeah, you could cut a trailer to that. Um, but that you know, Steve Trevor does get a few hits in. He gets the the final hit, but also the first hit, which is uh, he's kind of like, oh yeah, where did I put that thing? And he just and headbutts that guy in the alley, which I think is a great, very. Um, what's the term I'm using? Like fluid movement. You know? I just thought it was funny because he made funny, a funny face. But I, I absolutely <laughs> love that move. Like, yeah, where did I put that thing? And that's a great bit of com- comedy, and and it's I love it. It's a very impactful moment. Um, and then he hits that guy right in the face, and he falls flat, which is another bit of uh, slapstick comedy. Um, I yeah. think this is also like a very, especially Steve Trevor right now in this instance, is extremely um, Indiana Jones-esque as well. Yeah. Um, I mean, this honestly, I, I think that uh, Where Did I Put That is, <clears throat> that's, that's Raiders Harrison of the Lost Ford. Ark. I mean, like, that's, yeah, that him doing that is Raiders. Um, especially what, when he was on the, uh, at towards the end when he's on the sub, and he, uh, or the S-boat, or U-boat, E-boat, whatever it is, um, no, Ebert is the guy who criticizes films. That's two thumbs down. <laughs> um, no, he like does the whole thing where the German guy's yelling at him and he's like combing his hair and then he ends up just like punching him and knocking him out and taking his outfit and everything like that. I mean, that's essentially what's happening. Like that that coy playoff of like, let me try to distract you or something like that and then attack. Yeah. Um, very like 19, 1900s... Uh, comic-y as well i mean like you would see superman just like doing a quick uppercut kind of thing yet and it happened you know even in like further ahead in the years uh jump to like 1960s batman hey yo let's put some pows and bams in here uh i mean like it's like that surprise factor that's comical but also it that like when that that punch lands or when that headbutt in this instance lands you feel yeah. it and it's like yeah that that played out very yeah, well yeah there's a lot of things that there's a lot of things that are choreographed in this in this uh action scene that is very timeless because it is there there's there's choreographed that's dated and then there's there's the new technology to make it look good and so it creates a timeless effect because you're like yeah this looks like an action scene of that era but it's also a film made in 2017, so it, it fits very well. It, there's even that bit of a Warner Brothers Looney Tunes type bit where the the gun is pointed from from off frame when they walk into the alley, and it oh, it's yeah. like it's a very Looney Tunes type it's thing. Like a, a, I get Who Framed mm-hmm. Roger Rabbit vibes, like you but expect, <laughs> you expect yeah. a flag that says "Bang" to come out of it or something. Like yeah. it's so comical. Um, Oh, don't yeah. tempt them to reboot that, though. I don't want a new no, Roger Rabbit. No, the, the original Roger Rabbit is 
that's it we're good <laughs> i love that movie <laughs> toontown or whatever um yeah but um let me see and then they the other the final note i have for this one um is the wonder woman lasso this one um is similar to how they do the the laser effect in batman v superman but the lasso is an led strip kind of like uh, christmas lighting or something like that so there is an led running through it which gives them you know the shine effect on wherever it's being used um and so what they'll do is they'll, they'll have the led light uh on and she can do whatever with it and then in post they make it look like it is but at least they can get the effect of light on them when she's holding it in her hand and whatnot so that's how they do that and then they say um that story-wise the the lasso is a bit telepathic because it's now an extension of wonder woman so when she does want to use it and however she wants to use it the lasso does kind of will its way to doing what exactly she wants so if she wants it to wrap around his leg it will do it for her if she needs it to go a certain way or do anything with it so if it seems weirdly cgi that the lasso is acting against physics it's because it is because it's a magical lasso that's doing what she what she wants so yeah i never questioned it it's a magical lasso yeah. what more do you need <laughs> exactly. to know um it's great as well i love the effect on it yeah again it's simplistic it's just a lasso that lights up yeah and they don't do any crazy effects with it really like you know when it wraps around someone it doesn't it doesn't go overboard with graphics yeah, and things. It's not, it just uh, wraps around them. They tell the truth. <laughs> it's not like Dr. Strange's cape where it's doing all kinds of things. And you're like, okay, so yeah. I was going to compare it to Dr. Strange's cape, but I didn't, I, I honestly felt like it was, that was too much. Mm. Well, I did it for you, Nate. So <laughs> <laughs> uh, are we in agreement? Like it's not, uh, it's not on that level. It's a little. Well, less. like his cape oh, yeah, is like yeah. almost sentient. In a way, yeah, it's it's sentient, and it's also I don't know. It's what someone's gonna be like, oh, you're, you're harshing on on the Marvel movies now or something like that. I'm not, but also it can be a you little are. too much. It's fine. <laughs> There's a simpler way to do things, um, but it's fun in the Marvel movies. I think it fits the tone they're going for, but you know that kind of thing wouldn't translate over to Mm-mm. this it would be criticized immediately because it's Wonder Woman. Oh, yeah. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, that's all I have for this one. I know the, the guy does end up killing himself. He kills himself. No one kills cyanide. him. Cyanide. With cyanide, um, which is, I guess, just going back to, like, how things were done back then when, he, when cyanide was uh, uh, used in, in, in spies and stuff so that they wouldn't give off information. Um, but I think it is important that Diana is like, I wasn't trying to kill him. He killed himself, like... I don't understand why you would do that to yourself, and so. Because she wants everybody to have the same uh, ethics of dying a warrior's death, that <laughs> most mm-hmm. like in terms of this movie, I mean, spies would rather do that than give up information. So. I don't. I don't know if it's necessarily a would rather, more of a. Uh... Uh, being told that's true but it's also like uh <laughs> if you don't you're gonna die either way so you either do it on your own terms yeah, or we do you it for be you told hey you have to chomp on this cyanide pill but then the the spy in you needs to be so conditioned that they're like no for germany i will just go ahead and, and bite on this thing and you're like okay that's 
And I like the way she doesn't quite understand why he would do it because she hasn't really seen the world yet. She's seen brief glimpses of like, oh, look, they're walking around wearing funny clothes and things. She hasn't been to war. And that changes her quite quickly. And she comes to understand what this is all about pretty pretty soon after this. Yeah, it's, um, you know, with, with Amazons, like you said, Johnny, they, they would, you know, we die in battle. That's if we're going to die, we're going to, you know, the enemy has to take us out. There's that. Um, but here in Germany, I guess it, uh, in man's world, that you, you can do things such as suicide. And, and she doesn't understand that. Um, and it's done in a unhonorable way. You know, it's not like if we were in Japanese mythology, um, suicide might be a little bit more uh, impactful for her. She has to understand a culture like that. This is like... Well, suicide in that respect might be like a martyrdom. In this way, it's it's not like... I guess for him, it would feel like martyrdom of like, I do this for my country kind of thing. But for Amazons, like it's completely like... Cowardice. Yeah, it's like out of the realm of... Um, of possibility because they have their pride of being better in battle and they have to go up against men. And that's a way to show like, I can go toe to toe with you. If you kill me in battle, I die. That's fine. That's how you're best in me. Yeah. 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 And she's also trying to learn, which is like learning after a, a confrontation is, is important. And you don't see that a lot. You know, a lot of people are like, shoot first ask questions later she's like listen just tell me what's going on we'll talk this out like i want to know and he's like no nah, i'm just gonna die and she's like that's not right <laughs> well that's what's going to trouble her when she actually goes to war isn't it because she doesn't she doesn't understand that whole approach that they're going mm -hmm. with she's baffled by everything going on yeah. and i think that's why i love it so much because the first world war always fascinates me because it's fought with modern technology but with old tactics uh, which is what leads to all the death and destruction. Well, that and the evil governments, obviously, and royal families. <laughs> <laughs> but we won't go there. Yeah. Um, so it's it's interesting because she's got old tactics of her own that she's bringing to the battle against the new technology. Yeah, the, I mean, the way I... Yeah, th that was the thing we talked about in... Um, like, when the Germans first arrive, we, we were talking a little bit about, like, the, the Amazons know about humans... And they were never a threat. They were just like, listen, they're just mm. crazy neighbors that just, they're, they, they, oh, we don't no talk threat. to them. Yeah. <laughs> they're out there, but you know, they're in shambles. That's fine. As soon as they start building this technology and they show up on Themyscira, they're like, what have you guys been doing? And they're like, we, we don't know either, but we have machine guns now. Um, and so now they're a threat. And now that, because they've been fighting aliens and monsters and all kinds of things. So they Stuff were like in their wheelhouse. Yeah. And and then when man shows up, but now man is armed to the teeth, they're like, okay, what the hell is going on here? And they're like, yeah, we're in a big war. The, the entire world's involved. Um, we're in shambles. So it's, it's one of those things where it's like, um, I guess because Amazon or Themyscira was never involved and man grew to such an ugly state um, and continued to do so. So. Yeah. Um, but with that being said, I, th I think that's all I have. Is there anything you guys have as far as closing notes before we wrap up or anything we missed out on? Um, well, are we getting into this, uh, chamber 
uh, with with all these dudes arguing and sh- shouting at everybody? Old old men arguing. Hey, welcome back to Old Man Argue Minute. I totally <laughs> forgot about that. That's the whole point of the First World War. Old <laughs> yeah. men arguing. Yeah. Um, I totally forgot about that. Over two inches of land in France. I'll let, I'll let John yeah. go if, uh, if you have any notes about that one. Um, I know any we're historic a stuff. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, well. I, I said the main thing I wanted to say about the, the technology versus yeah. tactics thing, because they are essentially the war. It's very different to the Second World War. It, this war is, you know, these stuffy old men arguing in buildings, sending millions of people to die for stupid reasons for no point whatsoever mm-hmm. other than, as he says in Blackadder, it's too much uh, hassle not to have a war at this point. <laughs> That's pretty much the reason. And because of a family squabble. So it's absurd, and I think that's what's great for Wonder Woman to see. It's a it's a dumb war. There's no, I mean, no war's smart, but it's one of the stupidest conflicts to ever exist on the planet, uh, for very little outcome, really. What's what was the point of it all? There, there were nobody was stopping evil doers. It was all just like, oh, we want uh, to stop the Germans, but the Germans like, oh, well, we want to stop these guys from doing this. It, it's absurd. And it's captured quite well in these little scenes of people arguing in stuffy offices and not getting anywhere. I yeah. agree. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's also like it plays to the fact that like, you know, Star Wars, you look at those kind of movies and it's like that stuff started because mm. people like blocked a trade route to a sovereign plant, like that kind of thing. <laughs> it's like it was just yep. like a simple argument that could have been solved with negotiations. We don't even have communications. But, like, they didn't. Um, but, like, I mean, even Mark and I have talked about it before, and I'm going to constantly bring it up. But in Lawrence of Arabia, when you finally mm. get to um, the desert and and you see – no, 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 later, later on. Um, you see, um, like, uh, you see Alec Guinness, like, on the horseback and the plane going through the valley. And it's just the, the one plane, just the one plane that's bombing that village and, like, killing all these people and stuff like that making the horses go up in craziness and everything. And Alec Guinness is on horseback, and he's, you know, got his sword in his hand, and he's screaming, stand and fight. After all that stuff, you see afterwards, and, like, him still on his horseback, and the plane's going away, and he just looks so defeated. And I think, like, mm. at that point, again, it's, it's like this whole technology uh, advancement versus you know, uh, civilizations that have nothing like that, that was like a very big scene for me. Um, I'm very curious to see if uh, someone has that sort of reaction when we get to like the no man's land in this uh, instance. Um, I'm kind of hoping that it's going to be like on Diana's face because she hasn't been in the war yet. I can't remember what like her reaction is when she first gets to battle you know Ooh. what i mean yeah there's so, there's a reaction for sure i'm trying sure. to i'm i'm seeing if like it'll compare at all to that kind of thing compared yeah with alec guinness and stuff like that but you know that's um, silly. as f- i think so there's a connection there definitely yeah. as far as the war goes um and i'm speaking generally here and this is completely off topic but like when you you're right john when you say like you know we, we make up these these bad guys and good guys and and that's the story to to for the everyman to, to get an idea of, of why they're fighting the war. Um, but then like when you do boil it down to the reason that these wars start in essence, you can be like, that's dumb. 
Um, because what it boils down to is uh, uh, economic sustainability is what we talk. Uh, Johnny and I have had this conversation before, but like we, we start yeah. these wars so that the governments can make money to then keep going on as the independent country that they are. And so we're we talking about a sustainable war again, sustainable war. Yeah. And that's usually what sometimes these things are about. Like they get involved in war because afterwards the winner gets paid out. And so, because the other one then has to pay up for damages, um, which is why German Germany really struggled in, after World War One, and then Hitler was like, hey, I'm going to make Germany great again. And then he did World War yeah. Two, and then Jesus. that didn't work out. And yeah, then, you got you, you to gotta have that same phrase <laughs> and put it in that context. <laughs> so, like, you say it, and then you get it. You understand exactly what's happening. Yeah. And then you look at what's happening in America right now, and you should be saying, hey, what are you doing? That's just like that happened. And then you <laughs> learn very quickly. I guess it, it's hurtful because... Uh, and it's a saying that everybody says all the time, uh, history is written by the victor. Yeah. So, of course, the perspective of, which I feel like... History is written by the rich. That, too. Uh, or who have the most visibility in society. Mm-hmm. Um, it It's hard. We talked about this last week. Uh, history is a form of propaganda. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. And yeah. it's... You're never getting the full story. Yeah, it's like, um, I feel like watching movies like this, and I know it's a fictitious yeah. sort of Even adaptation. London is, is like, if you look at the way that this minute looks, you know, it's all very blue and stuff. And it's like, they were like, yeah, we know it's World War One and it's London, but it's still a Wonder Woman movie. We ha- like London here is comic book London. Like don't, <laughs> don't try to be accurate with it. But I, I also feel like... Uh, because Wonder Woman uh, is experiencing a lot of this for the first time, even though she is trained in war, mm-hmm. um, you get to see more of a pure feeling. Uh, she's experiencing, yeah, from one side and from her own, from her own like perspective of I need to kill Ares, but she's also purely experiencing her first modern war yeah so you get to see a lot of like well i don't agree with what you're doing either it's like she doesn't she doesn't she doesn't uh exclude the fact that the side that she is got an alliance with currently is not they're not doing everything right either yeah like she goes in thinking that one man is puppet mastering um men to fight each other and she doesn't realize that aries is actually just being like hey this person wants this this person wants that just let it happen and so yeah it's like aries is kind of stoking what's already mm-hmm. there exactly that. i like that exactly he i mean if he's gone this will happen anyways because it's it's really just them doing it um and he he's there to make it worse um, and that's kind of like how World War One happens. Is it just it just gets worse, um, and so yeah, all from a tiny like assassination in Serbia. Yeah. <laughs> then the whole world suddenly it's just at war. ego. All of it is ego. Yeah, no, no one's willingness to to back down in the situation. And for some people, they're like they get the the Mr. Krabs money eyes. They're just like, ching, <laughs> this is the time we'll start doing this. We'll ramp up production. Make a lot of yeah. money, send that weaponry out there, and 
maybe a few people die, but a at few. the end, we all profit. <laughs> And that's how it works. Yeah. Well, they'd, they'd built up uh, all the sides. This is turning into a history podcast. All the sides had built up their armies so much as well before the war that it, they kind of needed to use them, as weird as this sounds, uh, to keep it simple as well. It's like, well, we've spent all this money on all these weapons. Yeah. We've, we've all stockpiled all this mass armaments. What are we going to do? Yeah. <laughs> it's almost like a way to beta test your weaponry. Yeah. But the, uh, it's crazy. That's how, like, that is right there, like, well, we well we paid all this money for it, but no one's ever going. Why did you spend that money but in the we first do, place? But it's literally like, like again, this is turning into a history podcast. But it's like a, <laughs> a, a you see that at the turn of every major war, right? You, there's a new form of technology or a new way to fight or a new way to kill, yeah. and it's beta mm-hmm. tested at that war. That way, you're like, oh, that, great, that works. It's really, ooh, it's really yeah. powerful. Let's use it. Let's have it in our back pocket. Yeah. Uh, nuclear warfare. Yeah. So Harry Truman said, hey, hey, we could drop this on Japan, right? And they said, we could. I guess. And then that's what happened. <laughs> Give it a yeah. go. Yeah. And it's almost like a <laughs> let's see what happens, which is uh, crappy all Japan around. Said, Please do not do that again. And they but said, and <laughs> America yeah. said, we're gonna do it one more time. It almost makes you worry that that's. So that has been our our peak. Nuclear warfare has been our peak for so long. What is the new peak going to be? And at what point will that be beta tested? I mean, There's a ship that, that flies now. at hypersonic <laughs> speeds and can stop on a dime and change directions and everything. We're, Ooh, we're in it. The Pentagon. <laughs> but I just, I feel like... Um, we're in the weeds, baby. It's, it's like... Uh, <laughs> it's almost like every... This is going to sound really weird to say uh every new war we are wonder woman we are experiencing mm. a new version of warfare that no one's ever seen and it's terrifying and you feel completely at some t- turns like helpless right or confused mm. um yeah because i think no one's questioning the the basis for it and i think a lot of times people are like should we or should we not and no one's ever asking what is what is that question the basis of what just battle or should we be involved with this war? Should we back out of it? Should we, you know, should we get involved with it or not? Because a, a turmoil is rising. This turmoil is rising all the time. Then they just evolve into an escalation. They turn into conflict. They turn into war. Like there's an evolution process of, of where the where the the confrontation happens, politically and ideally, to then and then being monetarily. Like, yeah, but, but that's what that's mm. literally it's the the men. I say that in this context of the men pushing papers. Yeah, they're the ones who push conflict, obviously yeah. for mo- for, for monetary reasons, but also for government political, yeah, political sustainability for, and everything, yeah. But it's political stance. Yeah, I. Hmm. The, uh, but the so the way that the world works now is that you have voters who are like, oh yes, like I agree or I disagree, and that's yeah. it. But we don't. But we don't get to decide. This is unfortunate. Yeah. Uh, we don't. We don't get to decide whether we go to war or not. The people we elected get to decide, and I know that sounds kind of weird that I said it that way. Yeah. But you you yeah. elect the people thinking it's one way, and then you don't really know until it happens which way it's going to go. Mm-hmm. So you don't really have your own voice, a democratic voice, in whether we go yeah. to war or not. Because um, no, no, not at all. A president who goes uh, a wartime president is. Someone that some of these people want to be—that is a standout individual. Uh, some would say, um, 
throughout yep. history, uh, wartime presidents are the ones that, you know, like we said, the victor tells history, and it's like that type of mindset. So, like, you can't just, like... Why can't you just be normal and like do your job? (laughs) Like you have a job and there's rules put in place for it. Do the job. Don't stupid. But that's that's where the ego comes in. You create or you create or stoke the problem to be the resolution, and it's it's hard because like you sitting back. Hindsight's twenty twenty, right? You sit back and you say, "Well, that's shitty," but the ego of a human mm-hmm. is to be remembered mm-hmm. and your only way to be remembered is to do something wild mm-hmm. um yeah so that's they're like all right let's let's just do it yeah, yeah. yeah. uh <laughs> because i know if it goes well at the end of this i will be a name that goes down in history yeah especially back when this is set like that was the normal yep. thing to mm-hmm. do like well of course we'll yep. go to war and we'll be successful and you know Whereas at least with the Second World War, you can say, well, most people fought that for a good reason, if there is a good reason to fight a war, you know, to stop fascism mm-hmm. and extermination and whatnot. But this war is just purely like, eh, well, I yeah. guess. Like you were saying, they had the armies and they were just itching to use them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's wild. And it's, uh, earlier on, I can't remember who said it now, someone said something about the... Uh, Make Germany yeah. great again. <laughs> as the Mark. second World War. I don't want to say I said it. And, uh, <laughs> when uh, when I went to Berlin, they they had a museum, the uh, Topography of Terror. It was called, and it's like it's on the old uh, Luftwaffe headquarters, and it's like outside, and then there's bits inside. It's really cool. It goes like a big timeline, and you can see how that grew, like the yeah. evolution of that, because they, they don't shy away from it. They just show you everything, and um, it starts off exactly like that like uh okay we'll make germany better we'll uh we'll get you all jobs and money and uh you know we'll fix everything and you can see how people would be seduced by that easily yeah. like oh yeah that yep. sounds great yeah and then slowly I, I mean i think they had these ideas all along but slowly they start getting the other messages out there shall we say like uh you know oh well the real reason is be- that you're you know, out of work is because of this. Mm-hmm. You know, they start like, oh, it's we're trying to help you, but these people are trying to stop you. <laughs> so they they slowly trickle that in, and you can see the descent of these, uh, yeah, these ideologies, these things. Yeah, absolutely. It's like things that like you wish you could only see in a movie and then have a discussion like this about, but unfortunately, it happens <laughs> literally it's real right life. now. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. And that's a big uh, thing is is no one's having those conversations. You know, you're being told. This is good guy. This is bad guy. And you say, okay. But no one's ever going, well, why is, you know, where's that, where's mm. that come from? The basis of it. And you say, well, we need to bring the economy up. And then we're like, well, if we, uh, if we antagonize like- these people, we can really profit off that and you can really make us better, but we'll mm. take from them. But I, f- I feel like that's the negligence of, and we talked about this last week, the negligence of American history. Oh, yeah. We don't get the full picture because, again, who is telling the tale? Yeah, we spoke about this last week with Naomi, John, but like here in America, we don't learn about World we, War One. <laughs> you barely know one percent about what yeah. you may know. Like, oh, yeah, we okay, know. okay. I mean, we don't learn everything. Don't get me wrong. Like, we don't know. We know next to nothing about America, right? They don't tell us. I don't even know where half your states that's are. Okay. I, don't know. I know where New that's York fair. is. Yeah, that's <laughs> fair. I can. John, I'm right there. there with you. <laughs> 
John, what are your thoughts on George Washington? <laughs> Anyways. <laughs> See, we don't learn yeah. about That's him. That's crazy. And so I've had to do my own independent study yeah. on and these And so, like, things. for World War I, we get, uh, we get assassination, Archduke, uh, trenches, doughboys, white belts. That's what That's we get. That's it. Ah, okay. Um, okay, we get a bit more than that, <laughs> but uh, I think because... Unfortunately, our country, I imagine a bit like yours, we like to uh, go a bit overboard and celebrate uh, past victories. Um, So there's still a little bit of a nationalistic kind of xenophobic thing about that and about the Germans. People are still a bit... Is it iffy? Racist, shall we say, (laughs) about Germans. Yeah, yeah. Which is ridiculous. Every German I've met is lovely and weird, and I'm, it's great. <laughs> Every time the World Cup happens, people's racism comes back out again. Uh, they go, yeah. oh, it's sporting yeah. events that are uh, global. Yeah, USA yeah. gets some sort of ego boost from out of nowhere. And yeah, like, no, we right? we, we always have football. it though. Like, That's the thing is the nation has it. It's it, well, it's like it's this is like that's that nationalistic yeah. mentality of like. It's just like ugly. we're better than England. It's like, what do you mean? It's been <laughs> three hundred years. Even he, even about? here, <laughs> like locally in Orlando, because you know, it's a huge English population in in Florida. Oh, didn't know. Yeah, because they, I guess, people retire here. Oh yeah, Dis- I mean, oh, Disney there's... and everything. It's Florida. Disney yeah. and um, taxes. Mm-hmm. Taxes, taxes, yeah, nice. taxes, didn't have state taxes. Yeah. Ta- um, taxes was a big thing, John. If you didn't know that. <laughs> Uh, th- well, no, because again, here is different. I don't know. Oh. Like uh, <laughs> here, here, it's all, all that stuff's done for you. You don't have any input on it. No, it's no all, we'll start. Care. That always fascinated me when I found out you have to sort out your own oh, yeah. taxes. We'll start wars over them too. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, <laughs> fair enough. <laughs> I'm completely on your side. <laughs> um, Why wouldn't you? I mean, you're taking my money, man. <laughs> like, but I also feel that way about right now. But yeah. I also want to live here, and I want things to be nice. <laughs> can I drive on that road? Yeah. Can yeah. you fix that pothole? But also, uh, don't take my now, money away. Not with my money. Yeah, come on. And that's how it works. That's the basis the of it all. That's Not my that, money. The, the pothole that's in front of my house. Can you, you guys can do something about that, right? Yeah, no, I'm not paying for it. See, our government are supposed to do things like that. That's because we, you know, we pay the taxes is all included. They take the money out of your wages. You don't even get involved. But they still don't fix yeah. the damn potholes. That's the problem. Same here. <laughs> I don't mind paying it. Just do what you're supposed yeah, to do. Same. Yeah. We just spend it on uh, military stuff. Yeah. That's kind of like where I'm at yeah. with things. It's like, it's almost like, please tax us. Because I, I think that's what it's there for is to make us all better. But people are like, no, don't take my money. And then we're like, okay, but, as but that's a- the American way. Everything's mine and it's mine and that's it. Yeah. And then now we struggle and then we have to get involved in a war or something. Um, <laughs> Please don't. But let's, we don't need that right now. <laughs> let's quell that for today because we have a plenty. We, or if you think today is going to be political, next week is going to be even more political because it's going to be all about this. Um, so we'll, we'll yep. save, we'll reserve some of that energy for, for next week. Um, but before we wrap up, John, thank you so much for joining us this week. This today, this episode was absolutely great. I had a complete blast with it. Um, 
thank you very much for having me. I've been I've been looking forward to coming on, and this is the best movie <laughs> that I could have uh, come on yes, for. Yes, absolutely. Um, let the people know where they can find you and and what you got going on. Well, listeners to this will probably be most into uh, the podcast I do, Bat Minute, which you can find just on all your podcatchers uh, or thebatminute.com, where we have a terrible site that's free from Libsyn. <laughs> so you can check that out. You know, iTunes, all the, all the same nonsense. And on that, yeah, we go through the Batman movies one minute at a time. So as of recording, at least, we are in, uh, we're doing Batman Forever which is my co-host Niall. He loves that movie so much. He's so into it. It's crazy. Like I like it, but he is obsessed with it. <laughs> but he does see all the flaws, which is what makes it fun. And um, I also have another podcast, if you like rock and roll musicals, called Hedvig Inch by Angry Inch, where I talk about the movie Hedvig and the Angry Inch. So you can, you can look that up as well. I don't think you'll uh, have too much trouble finding that. There's not a lot of podcasts with a name like that. <laughs> I've got guests on from... Also, I've got people from RuPaul's Drag yeah. Race. So I'm interviewing the uh, guy who makes the wig, uh, the hair and makeup That's artist. Cool. He's oh. coming on later yeah. today. Oh, okay. oh, wow! Big, big day. Big day. Yeah, I've had, I've had to install Zoom for him and everything. Oh, I, don't know what I, I'm th- doing. I saw your Facebook post about that. Yeah, <laughs> I think I've got it working. Oh. You could always try this. Um, but uh, yeah, we're. Um, Are you? I, I have a question. I'm follow up. Oh, on that. Are you going to like do more? musical theater things or like anything to talk about more stuff uh, as a springboard or is it just going to be the one um at at the very least as like sideshows um like in between episodes and also on the on the patreon like i might talk about you know various so that we we did a few bonus episodes on the patreon about riverdale because they, <laughs> they do a hedvig episode um, and another John Cameron Mitchell movie and things like that. So maybe we'll do like Rent. and th- There is a Rent podcast though, so we'd want to step yeah. on those. <laughs> Isn't that the point of Rent? Isn't that the... To step on those? Oh, well. <laughs> yeah. Well, we were thinking as well, maybe afterwards, well, we were like, well, what other musicals do we like? And obviously Rent. And um, maybe we do really like Sweeney Todd. Mm. But not a lot of other people do. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I finally, I finally watched Les Mis the other day. Yeah, like I made a, you watch it last week. Mm-hmm. <laughs> finally watched it. Yeah, I I enjoy it. I really do like yeah. it. I'm, I'm we're, we're fans of we're we're musical theater fans over here. So hey. you got a you got a friend you got a friend in us. Oh well, if I need guests for any uh, special episodes yeah, on the side, that's <laughs> where I was. That's where I was <laughs> Nate was like, Nate's like, I want to talk about musicals, please. <laughs> <laughs> Nate was trying to inch his way. Yeah, I'll in talk there. about theater. Um, <laughs> well, I feel obliged to do at least one episode on Rocky Horror, right? Yes, you have. I think both shows you do is 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 great content, and I think that's all you could really ask for. Is like it's not just that people claim things like "oh, we do Bat Minute podcasts" or something like that, but that the content is good and that people want to actually Aww. listen to it. And so that's what's most important to me, at least. And I think you guys nail that. And it's a very engaging uh, show. So that's why people want to do it. And the things that Niall does with Batman and where he wants to do like these scripts and things, these little intros <laughs> and uh, riddles. He's, he's like, good. he's trying to entertain, which is really what you want instead of someone just being like, well, we signed up for this and you're going to hear my inner thoughts on it. And it's like, <laughs> oh, God. It's like a bullet point. Yeah, yeah. We try and mix it up. We try and keep it. We try and keep it fun and light. Like we'll we'll put in informative things, uh, but we're not. You know, yeah, we're not just going 
through every second of the minute explaining this is what's happening, this is what's happening, this is how they made it. We have a bit of that in. We mix a bit of entertainment in. We try and keep all sides as, as happy as possible. <laughs> yeah. That's uh, that's going to be it for, t- for today's episode. If you enjoyed everything you heard, please find us on all social media at DCU Minute. We want to hear your thoughts, your opinions, if you're watching the show, like what anything that we may have missed or, you know, just having a conversation with us. You can find us on all social media at DCEU Minute and the Facebook group, the DC Cinematic Minute Listener Society, where you can join us, guests who have been on the show and listeners who also listen to the show to talk about today's episode or any episode you guys are catching up on. And if you guys want to support the show, we do sell merchandise on tpublic.com. You can go there and we sell shirts, all coffee mugs, all kinds of cool things. Um, and we'll catch you guys next week uh, for minutes 56 through 60 of Wonder Woman.